Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Abin Bible Church and welcome to our communion time. This is our sacred time when we dump the dirt in our soul and unload our burden to Jesus so that he may carry it for us as he has done and he will continue to do that if we're truly honest to him. As we clean ourselves, then we're ready for him to let the Holy Spirit refill us, re-empower us, so that we may live a life honoring his name. So let's pray. Holy God in heaven, our creator, our king, our Lord, our judge, and most of all, our Father. We come to your throne of glory and grace. We thank you for your election before the foundation of the world that we should become part of the church, the bride of Christ, the fellow heir of salvation. And uh, we have been not only chosen, but have been worked on by the Holy Spirit. We have been restored our free will. We didn't have one before our salvation, but we were restored one. And in our free will, we said yes to the love of Christ. We have entered this eternal relationship in love and truth and holiness. And we have been saved spiritually. We are being saved in our sanctification and then we are going to be saved in bodily resurrection. All of these we have heard from you and we have believed. We have received your grace and we are very grateful. But we come to you to acknowledge the fact that even though we have been called saints in Christ, but we are far from holy and complete. We have sinned at times with thoughts, words, and actions. We have hurt relationship of others and possibly their relationship to you. For those, we come to you to offer our regret and repentance. We pray that the regret in feeling will result in the biblical repentance, the change of the way of life, so that we can be closer to Christ in in faith, in, in life, and then w when he comes again, there will be no conflict between he and us because we are collectively his bride being decorated by the Holy Spirit today for the day of his second coming. We know we're not ready, but we pray that you finish your work and we trust that you will. So we gave you our repentance and our vow, and we pray that you will Cleanse us and fill us. Take our burdens away, the guilt away. Give us the, um, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the confidence, not in us, but in the faithfulness of your word. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Peace.
our communion devotion in the last few months have been following the, the theme of Christ in Isaiah. And then we know that Isaiah is a very well-designed book. It's an artistry uh, by the greatest prophets, the writing prophets. Okay? And uh, it, it was written in a 60-year span. So you can see he has time to refine it. And it has four songs of the servants, four supplements for that, four songs of the Messiah, and then four odes for Zion. And they correspond to the four images of the four Gospels. It is very well designed. Today we are going to enter the theme of um, Christ in the fourth song of the servant. It begins from Isaiah 52, verse 13, and it finishes at the end of verse 53. Let me read it, uh, 52, 13. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what has not been told them, they will see, and what they had not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that he should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was displeased and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off, out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. To he would... Uh, if he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. 
He will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Now, who is this? servant of Yahweh, Jesus Christ, definitely, right? It is recommended that if you ever have a chance to, to witness to a Jewish man, okay, use this chapter, let him read this, and let him say just by his instinct who this chapter is talking about. Most of them will say probably Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. But will he believe? That's another issue, right? But this is talking about Jesus of Nazareth. He was born not with a stately figure. You know, he's not very handsome. He's not, uh, you know, well, all of those um, uh, Hollywood handsome men. Um, he is a laborer. He is a builder in the today's sense. He's more than a carpenter. Uh, he's more probably doing more masonry than carpentry. Uh, he's a builder in today's sense. Okay. And uh, um, he uh, lived righteously, but he was persecuted for no reason of his own, but ours. Okay. And uh, he was killed. However, he was buried with, he was killed with the wicked man. Well, it wasn't Jesus nailed on the cross with two, between two thieves. Right? And he was buried in the tomb of a rich man. Wasn't he buried in the tomb of a Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man? We have a tomb in Jerusalem. And then it says that he, his death is counted as a guilt offering. But he has no guilt. Therefore, it's for ours. And if it's counted so, then he shall see it and he shall be satisfied. What does that mean? He shall be resurrected from the dead, and he shall see the fruit of his work, which he harvested on the day of harvest, which is called also the Pentecost, the church. He harvested, that's us. He harvested on the Pentecost of AD 33. And then he shall be heard and revered by kings, because great things uh, will be done by him and those who follow him. And the church has been the, the keeper of civilization and the development, the refinement of humanity ever since. Okay. Humanity has decayed, but the church has been the light. And we pray that we are part of that light until the real end time, the great tribulation, when we are raptured, not smothered. So as we gather together to remember what he has done for us, just remember everything we have received, the great things uh, promised to us in the future, belongs to Christ. It's a free gift to us. We have nothing worthy of him to claim it. But in God's grace, now God has made us worthy 
because the Holy Spirit lives in our body. We are now the temple of God. Okay, and we have been sanctified spiritually. We are being sanctified in soulishly, and we will be sanctified physically. So all has been designed by God's grace and done by God's sovereignty and it centers around Jesus Christ who gave us his body to be crucified on the cross, his blood to be shed on the cross. And as we take this, remember this is a renewal of the new covenant. Okay? He has done his part, let us do our part. Know him more and obey him more. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Remember him. The body of Christ was given to us on the cross. We take this bread in remembrance of his sacrifice. Remember his shed blood and his promise of second coming. We take this drink in remembrance of him. Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you as your people who have been redeemed by you from God's justice upon us. We are now free from our spiritual debt to God, your Father, who is now our Father. We have been adopted by our Father. We have been um, transformed, reborn, regenerated by the Holy Spirit. We collectively are now betrothed to you as the bride, and therefore fellow heir. All of this is due to your obedience to the Father and your love of us. We come to you to express our gratefulness to your love and give you our vow that we will love you back with all the might that we have. We want to learn of you to obey your commands. We know that there is the Old Testament commandment in the Decalogue, which governs the external behavior, and you gave us the Beatitudes, which governs our internal behavior. We pray that we learn both and make them real life. We pray that through that, your name shall be glorified through us among men, and more shall be drawn into your family. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.